0: What's up, folks? Welcome back to another episode of 4th and fantasy It's been a little while, but the NFL draft just happened as of recording about a week and a half ago. We were not able to convene last week right when it was fresh, but we are back to talk about the draft and some stuff that happened before, some stuff that happened after. We're just going to get into all of it. Got an in-person experience for the draft to talk about as well, but we'll get to that when we get to that. First, as always, I'll introduce my co-host starting off, Bobby. How you doing over there?
1: It's been a roller coaster of emotions over here, I got to say.
0: I <laughs> I remember I heard about all this.
1: Yeah. Um we'll we'll get to it. Uh, yep. but <laughs> I I think I've settled into look, if we recorded this like pretty quickly after the draft, you would have gotten a much stronger mm-hmm. uh take probably from me, but um Yeah, I'll I'll get to what I'm thinking about it as we get going.
0: He went through the stages of grief and he's finally gotten to acceptance is where he's at, is what I'm hearing over there. Next up, Arcadia, how are you?
1: I'm
2: all right. I mean, I'd say it was a typical Raiders draft, like Mm -hmm. reaching on people and taking chances on injuries and stuff. But I'm more pleased this year than I have been in recent years. So, I mean... Doing
0: okay, I guess. Okay, that's that's something to take. An improvement, I guess, is something. Uh, last but not least, Janov, how you doing?
2: We
3: took a kicker in the third round. You sure did, bud. It's a, a, a start Michigan start kicker, end. though.
1: It's a Michigan yeah, kicker.
0: Gotta be good.
3: Nothing else to say. I saw, the, I saw the Seahawks and the and the Eagles draft like gods, and then we took a kicker in the third round. Mm. So that's all mm. I got to say. All I know is you sound, uh,
1: you sound pretty moody to me. Really? Mm.
0: We're gonna start like we're gonna start like that. Uh, is this what we're doing? Yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> Here we go.
0: All right. I guess that's how we're going to start, folks. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I would say none of us are overly thrilled with how our drafts went. We're going to get to that last in terms of what our individual teams did in the draft and how we that they, you know, address the weaknesses and everything. We'll get to that last. Uh, when we get to first down, which is right now, we will start by talking about a couple notable big pre-draft acquisitions that sort of helped shape the draft report. happened. Um, the first one happened, I think, a week or two before. I don't remember the exact date. But finally, after uh, like over a month of everyone knowing it was going to happen, Aaron Rodgers finally got dealt to the New York Jets. It finally happened. We can stop hearing about all that for a while. How are we feeling about this?
1: It was inevitable. We yeah. Knew it was yeah. It happen. Like glad the freaking
2: drama's finally over. Yeah. yeah that's the main thing. As soon thing. as
1: he went on McAfee and, and said that whole thing that he's, he's a jet and tends to play for them. Like we knew it was going to happen. It was just when, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of thought it might happen during the draft. Um, it was starting but, to look like that. Yeah. But I mean, it happened like right before, like the week sometime that week. I don't remember I, which day. I think like, it might've been the Monday before actually. It was like the yeah. Monday. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, I mean, honestly, I think that uh, Green Bay got more out of it than I expected.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, specifically I was, that oh, yeah. conditional
1: Definitely. the conditional pick that can be a first. Um, that's really the one that I didn't expect them to get.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I kind of think the Jets got fleeced a little bit, but if Rodgers plays for like three years, then I guess maybe it's worth it. At, but he has to play like at a high level yeah. for yeah. three years. Otherwise, like...
1: He can't be Brett they, Favre as a Jet.
2: They just get a broken <laughs> down, yeah, like Brett Favre 2010.
1: Yeah yeah for multiple reasons he probably shouldn't be like that
2: oh
0: god (laughs) yikes yeah um but
3: but i was gonna say like so so if we just want to review the compensation really quick it was uh so the jets got aaron Rodgers and the 170th pick the packers got the 42nd pick the 201st pick and then a 2024 second rounder that can become a first rounder if Rodgers plays over 65 percent of the plays and then they did a pick swap in the first round so packers went up two positions in the, in the draft mm-hmm. for this year like i feel like the middle picks in the in the draft are not super valuable like they're like not they as are... valuable as a top 10 pick
1: yeah and they um, both took dns at the at those picks so we'll see yeah. like which one works out better yeah um and one from iowa and one from iowa state so it's kind of funny <laughs> but um
3: I don't know. I think Aaron Rodgers doesn't excite me in a in an AFC that has Burrow and Mahomes and Lamar, which we'll get to, and Allen. Like you got all these big names and I mean Rodgers is good, but I I don't know if Rodgers can carve up those guys to get like you know, a top 3 seed in the AFC and and then go on a deep playoff run. Like it's it's hard for me to see that when you have so many others like really strong and young and fresh quarterback play.
1: Yeah, all I got to say is peace out. I'm glad he's out of here. <laughs> Get out of the NFC North. Just oh. even if we beat even if even if we're going to like if we were going to beat him, I just don't want his personality around.
0: But just wait until next year when he goes to the Vikings if he keeps following the same trajectory, then he'll be right back to you in the NFC
1: North. No, no, but we no. will no. see. That's not happening. Way, That's <laughs> not happening? You sure? No. Okay. No, nah, yes. the
0: Packers
3: the Packers are gonna draft uh Caleb Williams. It's gonna be yeah, going fire.
1: Rogers is not using uh the Jets as a transfer portal to yeah, yeah. Minnesota. This you know, like, like <laughs> Brett Favre did. That's basically <laughs> what happened. Because they would not trade within the the division, so he just went there so he could then go to Minnesota.
0: I, I just think it'd be hilarious if he kept following the same trajectory. Like I selfishly want it to happen just because I think it'd be no. funny.
1: No? Okay, fine. So I mean, so
3: then he can commit fraud later? I mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Again, yeah. there's some things that he probably shouldn't. Yeah, you know, don't totally follow, the, follow the trajectory. Footsteps. Yeah, yeah,
0: just blaze your own path. But just do what, it, just do your own thing. Um, but yeah, like you guys said, I think it's worse for him in the sense that he goes to a conference where he is very clearly lower on the totem pole in terms of how the quarterbacks are positioned compared to what he has been in the NFC for god knows how long now especially the last couple years before he left Green Bay because he was obviously MVP for two uh, the past two years before the 2022 season and it was basically him and Tom Brady atop the NFC and nobody else so that'll be different for him I you know I don't the Jets are kind of almost in a win-now position with a move like that, and I don't think they'll do it in, their, in the division they're in, or in, certainly not in the conference they're in, but we'll see. I mean, I think it makes the Jets better in the short term because obviously not having Zach Wilson, I think, is an improvement, and Rodgers and was I'm still... Not having a mess. Yeah, and Rodgers was still decent-ish last year. Um, it's not that I think he'll be awful, but I don't think he'll be the answer that they're looking for either.
3: Yeah, I mean, no Mike White nonsense or or Zach Wilson or whatever for Robert Sala to deal with, I think... Aaron Rodgers brings us a whole host of issues, but I think that the Jets are a well-primed team and, and a good quarterback, obviously will raise that, uh, pretty significantly. Um, I don't think they beat the bills, but also the bills are regressing. So maybe, maybe it's possible for them to beat the bills, but it's a, it's a tough division to be in. And I think yeah. it's a, it's a tough conference to be in tough division to be in. Like, um, if, if Rodgers really wanted another ring, he should have stayed in the NFC. Cause I think that path in the NFC is way more open than Mm -hmm. it is in the
0: AFC. To at least get you to the Super Bowl game itself, yeah, certainly it's a much easier path on that side. But that's not what happened. We'll see how he does the last couple years of his career here in the AFC. Okay, so the other big move that happened that I believe happened the Thursday of the draft, if I'm not mistaken uh Lamar Lamar Jackson finally signed his contract extension. He's going to be staying in Baltimore so it's a five year two hundred and sixty million dollar extension.
1: It was a good chunk of uh guaranteed obviously not he didn't get his fully guaranteed contract, but I want to say it was like one eighty five somewhere in that range yeah yeah uh, I, think,
2: I think it was more than um. The Jalen Hurts. It was I think, guaranteed money because that that was a big sticking point. Yeah, was they just offered him more guaranteed money than Jalen Hurts?
1: Yeah, I think that the Hurts deal kind of put that in motion. Like mm-hmm. yeah. as soon as that yeah. they saw Definitely. the terms of that, and Lamar like saw the, the terms. Yeah, and I yeah. think more like Lamar saw it is like, okay, well, if he was just in the Super Bowl and got that, and they're gonna offer me more, like I can take that and not get a fully guaranteed contract. Like, yeah, they're not even giving him that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was shy of what Watson got, which was what he originally said that he wanted before he ended up signing this deal. I don't think he was ever going to get that just because of how fucking stupid and ridiculous that deal was. But um, he didn't get everything that he wanted necessarily. But it's a damn good deal, I think, all in all for them and gives the Ravens some stability for the time being. It was looking doubtful that he was going to actually leave Baltimore, I think, as the as the offseason continued to go on. but. And I don't remember if it had happened when we did our last episode, but the Ravens got Odell Beckham Jr. at wide receiver, and uh, they obviously made a concerted effort to get some receivers in the draft this year, as we'll talk about a little bit later on.
3: But my my take on it is, I hope that he like is healthy to play out his contract. Yeah. Like, I just, I think the my my biggest issue with Lamar has always been that he just can't stay on the field for a full season, mm-hmm. and when he's out there, the the team looks completely different than when anybody else is out there. And I, it's like, you know, you want to see a, a good team and, and a good team compete. And I think it, if he can stay healthy, I think they have a good chance of, you know, being in that contention because they have one of those like Lamar is one of those stellar quarterbacks. But I just I, I haven't seen it happen for a whole season. So, yeah, prove me wrong, I
2: guess. Yeah. Who do we think is going to be the best number eight in the AFC? Because that's something we didn't mention. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is switching cheating. number eight oh, with the that. Jets. So who's uh, going to be the better number eight in the Lamar. AFC? Lamar. yeah not aaron Rodgers.
3: yeah lamar if he's on the field will cook uh yeah
1: unless he's hurt obviously but on the field if they are playing it'll be lamar yeah um i do think Rodgers probably does have a pretty decent year but i think so Chad. i don't know if it I, I don't think it's gonna put them like over the top top but yeah, yeah do we lamar. know
3: the offense coordinator in uh new york the Jets? yeah
1: you, you don't Racket. remember? yeah <laughs> Oh, no. Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. But... Oh yeah. So the no. Of, the second year in a row that Nathaniel Hackett has now has worked with a uh, a veteran quarterback in a new well, I guess kind of a new system, but at least mm-hmm. a new uh team. Um so When we'll did the, when did this out.
3: happen? Did this happen this offseason? Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, well well before uh, Rodgers. It was like one of the yeah, first think, things the Jets did. I think this
0: was what tipped it off that they were clearly going to pursue him. Was was when they yeah, got Hackett. Cuz
1: Rodgers loves Hackett. He's worked in that system. I mean mm-hmm. It's gonna. It's a much better fit than with Russell Wilson. I mean, uh-huh. it's he's literally just taking the system he played in Green Bay, and he. I heard him talk. It's like they're just up, updating verbiage and a few different things, but it's the exact same system.
0: And being a coordinator is better than being a head coach, I think, for Hackett, as we yeah. saw last year. He doesn't not, have to not call having timeouts. Yeah, not, that yeah. Or the lack, the lack of all the goal or you know. yeah. the lack of all that decision yeah. making is probably good for Hackett as well. All right, so we'll move on to second down, and we're going to recap the draft experience itself—not the draft, the actual draft. Draft. We might talk about that a little bit, but we're going to talk about the in-person experience because Jaina, for the second time in six months, you decide to fly to Kansas City. Why? Why yeah, would you do legit. that?
3: Uh, I don't know. I don't. It's definitely not because I have a friend who's out there. Yeah. Uh, I'll get I'll tell you that. I will say. Um, I was not the only person who flew out to Kansas city. Uh, lots of people were there. Oh yeah. Sporting jerseys that were not Chiefs jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the overwhelming majority was Chiefs jerseys, but there were a lot of people from a lot of other places. Um, Vegas was last year in 2022. This year it's in Kansas city. Next year it's in Detroit. Um, and, uh, you can attend the draft for free so they they let you go to the draft for free mm-hmm. uh it's a 3 day event uh thursday friday and saturday um they've also added a concert series so at the end of each night there's a concert um and uh it's uh and you know it's a huge it's a huge thing like this year over 300,000 people went uh, over the weekend um and uh and it's pretty epic
0: yeah so they held it at Union Station in Kansas City which is a place that I've been to many times just to do whatever they have a lot of cool exhibits and stuff inside and i've been there for work as well so i know the general layout of that area and they put like the big draft tent and canopy whatever you want to call it just the the set was right in front of the union station building and i remember when we got to the picks themselves just because i've been in that building so many times seeing the long 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 walk from inside the building to the stage itself really dragged out the first round in particular of the draft and uh, it made it way longer than it needed to be i think Uh, that that was probably one thing they could have fixed but um yeah, so the actual draft experience itself was on the uh, the lawn of the World War One Memorial in Kansas City uh, near downtown it was fairly expansive. It felt actually small when I was exploring it, but they really did pack a lot into a a fairly small area in the uh, draft experience itself. They let people in like a half hour early on the first day, just because there were so many people there and the line was huge and it was getting very cramped very quickly. That was something that only got worse throughout the day was just how cramped it was in there. Like when we were getting food before, like an hour before the draft itself started, it was like almost impossible to walk around. Like you, it was very easy to get lost or lose the people that you were with when you're walking around near the end of the day, just because of how many people were there. And it got uh, even worse when you had to stand on the lawn for the whole four hours or whatever, that the first round of the draft lasted. But
3: the draft itself starts at 7 PM local time in Kansas city. And then they opened the doors. They were supposed to open it at 12. They opened it at 1130. So there's this like seven hour buildup to the actual like start of the team's picking players. Um, And then to make it sort of even more, complicated because the chiefs won the super bowl they have the last pick in the round yeah. so all the chiefs fans and they only do one round that day all the chiefs fans are going to stay there till the very end and of course has the majority of the people there so yeah but you you kind of get into the draft experience and and like they have a bunch of different activities um they start with this sort of like there was the most like this event is sponsored by the nfl so we we're going to show all the nfl sponsors booth <laughs> But it was like a a locker room tour where they had all these lockers, one for each one for a player on every team. Yeah. And then they showed you the Super Bowl rings and um, they had like Hall of Fame bus there. Um, And it was like that was like the first item we ended up doing that later in the day. But that was like the first thing when you walked in. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that line really got held up because of the Super Bowl rings. Because, like, we were just waiting. It's like, okay, once you've seen a couple of these lockers, like, you'll want to get a picture with the one of whoever your team is. But otherwise, you can just very quickly walk past those lockers if you want to. 56 of them, they didn't have the one from this year in there yet. That was the only... Only negative of the whole experience is just selfishly would have been cool to see the Super Bowl rings uh, for this year yet, for th- for this year there, but obviously they weren't there yet. But yeah, getting to see like all the rings in history, uh, there are a lot of cool looking ones. There are a lot of kind of boring ones. Uh, we ended up getting pictures of, I got pictures of a bunch of them, at least uh, the ones of all the uh, all the teams that we've had that have won Super Bowls before and just the coolest looking ones that I saw along the way. Yeah, they definitely evolved over the years, too. They've, yeah. they've gotten a lot bigger and a lot more intricate as time has gone on. Yeah, a lot more expensive, I'm sure, as well. But yeah, that was cool uh, just to see. Like, I've never seen them up close, obviously, so that was a cool thing. We never ended up doing it, but there was elsewhere in the venue. There was They did have the two, or I guess three now, uh, the three Lombardi trophies of the Chiefs of one They You were able to do photo ops with the Lombardis, but the line for that was so ridiculously long that we never ended up getting to it. I think we were going to do it on the Friday, which we ultimately ended up not going to, but um yeah that was the only like bummer that happened there but yeah elsewhere they had like players doing autograph signings throughout at least the first two days of the draft and uh the ones that the stuff that we ended up doing largely ended up being the interactive uh physical stuff and we started uh early in the day the first thing we did when we walked in was uh we tried to kick field goals uh emphasis on tried how'd that go not well
3: <laughs> not well to be fair i will say that uh not that Nick and I are particularly athletic people. We're um, not. So, I am definitely um, not. You know, yeah, I would say we 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 went in there with fairly low expectations. But we mm-hmm. both I think we both went in there and were like, yeah, we probably can get a little bit of air. So, the the basically the way most kicks went is either people whiffed entirely or they got air and they got it into the crowd mm-hmm. or they hit it they their shoe went a lot farther than the ball <laughs> did or they made it in. Yeah. Uh, and I would say that is in descending order of the events that happened. Definitely. Um we were in line for at least an hour and I think we saw maybe a total of like five made field goals out of like 50 or 100 people who like kicked them. Um and and our kicks were uh, pretty abysmal. Um we uh and it was really sad because we went after two people who like absolutely nailed it (laughs) so like we went up there and we were just like ah, yes we are disappointments yeah but um yeah so you wait you wait and like a the lines became like disneyland equivalent lines to do any of these activities yeah so yeah so it started with the kick and then the other activities they had there there was um little caesars had sponsored like a precision throwing drill Mm -hmm. um pretzel crust don't bring up pretzel crust. I was very uh, confused by this. It,
0: it seemed like you might be able to win pizza if you did, if you did well, but it also seemed like you couldn't. It was not clear. I just know we did not win any pizza. while We were there.
3: We did not. And the line for that was actually insanely long. That mm-hmm. was the longest line I think I saw. And then they let you run the 40. So you could run a 40 yard dash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, they did a, a sort of a, another throwing drill that was put on by the NFL. That was not like hitting targets, but rather like deep shots. And, um, I think they even had some cutouts of like some defensive players in front of the. Yeah, uh, they had cutouts of uh, defenders,
0: and then like like big baskets right behind them, just targets to throw the footballs into, basically.
3: Yeah, so those were the main ones, and we did we did the forty. Um, it was a choice. Uh, I think if I were to do that again, I would not run the forty, uh, and then proceed to stand for many hours, because I pulled as many muscles as you can possibly pull running the forty. <laughs> uh nick had a different experience if you want to talk about that nick
0: yeah um so but if anyone's asking four two is what we both ran uh just don't question it um so we, we, we ran it and then uh so they had a crash pad like right after the finish line basically for everyone to fall into and uh i did not quite make the crash pad i was going hard like as hard as i possibly could and i ended up falling forward onto both of my knees right in front of the crash pad just because i was like trying to go that extra mile at the very very end and uh Yeah, my knees were, I don't think they were ever visibly bruised, but they felt like they were bruised and they still, I still feel it a little bit like when I'm climbing into bed at night, I feel it on my knees a little bit, like two weeks or a week and a half later. Um, So yeah, that messed up my knees for the rest of the day and I couldn't really bend my legs very well, which uh, was not great for all the additional walking we did for the rest of the day, including a very long walk back to the car at the end of the night, plus all the standing. It was over 16,000 steps or what I took on that first day as a whole. And it was basically 15 hours straight of standing. And then driving home after all that. So that was what day one yeah. was like. Um, in addition to all the physical stuff that we did while we were there as well. So
3: Yeah, we did we did get around to throwing at one point as well. Yeah. Um, we tried the throwing. I I thought I could throw it further, but uh I'm weak and the football's like regulation football is actually pretty massive. Mm-hmm. Um it's hard to grip with the normal human-sized hands. You gotta have freakish athlete hands to, to grip the football well. Um but yeah, I mean, the the all the activities were fun. Yeah, um, it was nice. Um, it wasn't like swelteringly hot either. Like it was sunny, but it wasn't incredibly hot. It was they sunny, in um, like high
0: sixties or so. It was like the right temperature you would want for an outside activity. I think personally, I know you yeah. I think that's chilly, but
3: <laughs> no, I think I think it worked because okay. you were in the sun for so long. <laughs> um, and then uh, then they had uh, a couple other things. They had um like this Bud Light bar area which we didn't go to because it was absolutely full the entire time we were there Mm -hmm. but um but there was this big bar space one of the things about how it's set up is that in front of the stage there on Thursday there is like premium seating for Mm -hmm. like super fans or whatever so you can't get you can only get a certain level certain like distance close to the um, stage um and right in front of the stage there's this fountain uh and they let you walk around the fountain. And then behind you were some TV sets. And then in front of you were some TV sets. So one of the other things was we went down there during the NFL live broadcast or right before the NFL live broadcast. Dan Orlovsky came down to the railing and like took pictures and autographs with a bunch of people. Lion's legend. That's right. Um, And like up there, like, um, like Mina Kimes and Marcus Spears and uh, Ryan Clark all like waved to the crowd and stuff. And um, and so. Um, it was cool to see like some of the personalities like in the area and like kind of coming up to people and we met someone, I would argue significantly more famous than any of the media personalities on Saturday, but we'll get to that. And then there was like, um, I think one of the other parts that I do want to highlight is like the food selection there. So the drink selection was pretty basic. It was sponsored by Bud Light. So there was Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer and, um, there was some other beers uh, and there, and then like, you know, you could, you could buy a bottle of water for $4. Uh, r-
0: r- real quick. I will say you could refill your water bottles. They had a ton of ref like water bottle stations around. So you only had to buy one bottle the whole day, which compared to what I expected from the venue was actually very generous. I just want to point really that good. out. as like one nice, one nice. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Four, four dollars to get you water for the entire day, basically. Like that's not terrible. Yeah,
3: And I think we learned that you could bring in empty water bottles. Yeah. So we learned you that when in we water bottle. Um, that was that is empty you could bring it in and fill so like you can get water for free if you if you brought an empty water bottle yeah but yeah the 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 thing that i was going to bring up was that they had all these food food stalls that were local kansas city restaurants so it wasn't like stadium food or Mm -hmm. like generic food it was all like local kc restaurants which um which i think was really cool like it was cool to see there was a lot of kc barbecue and and other like kc um foods and um uh, I got like some Mediterranean food that was good. Nick got a sandwich that was good. Um, and, uh, and then I got some street corn and, uh, and a, and a cobbler or something. That was also pretty good. I dropped the street corn on my
1: pants. Yeah, that did happen. That did happen. Um,
0: luckily, luckily my legendary Zubaz shorts were red and yellow. So the yellow of the street corn kind of blended in. It didn't look terrible. I was going to
1: say like on Zubaz, it probably doesn't even look like you did anything. Yeah.
0: I like I went to the bathroom to try and wash it off, and then I looked down, and I'm like, you can't even see it. It was I was pleased by how that worked out, but yeah, I dropped Jane of Street Corn while yep. I was carrying it for him.
3: And then uh, the NFL shop was there. Nick bought a hat. I got a lanyard uh, keychain to add to my 2022 NFL draft keychain because I was obviously there. You're obviously for no there. Other reason. Um, yeah, my, uh
0: I, yeah i uh i bought a hat because i uh in my infinite wisdom forgot both sunscreen and a hat to take to the 15 plus hour like 12 actually 12 hour but like the whole day of the draft was like 15 hours for us and i forgot my hat and sunscreen so i immediately had to go buy a hat but it's okay because it's a cool ass hat anyway
3: yeah and it was is a custom hat it, it's got a custom NFL yeah. draft patch yeah, on. yeah they put a patch on so, there for me so that's kind of the day and you're just kind of waiting and then seven o'clock rolls around and it is packed it is we are on packed. the lawn we are on the lawn we're trying to see the stage we're incredibly far away but you can still kind of make out the stage and um and they had this live band that would play so mm-hmm. there was this band there were two like MCs of the event and then uh and you're waiting and like um you know everyone's there they uh they fail at doing a flyover. The flyover comes too early. You yeah. see the, the planes loop back, and then they call on the planes again. They're not there. Um, and then uh and they do the anthem and all that, and then Roger comes out, and it's the loudest booing of any uh, the the whole night. The loudest boos are the first time Roger Roger Goodell takes the stage, mm-hmm. and it is just raining boos on this man. And he's standing there. Obviously, he can hear it, but he's just smiling, just continuing on. Oh, he's and, used to it. Yeah, now. he's used to
0: it. He like he, yeah. he, he knows he what to expect, to so he encourages yeah. it. Yeah.
3: And then it and then it got going. And and I think the, the coolest part um was the atmosphere was electric. Like nobody oh, yeah. like people knew kind of what was gonna happen with a couple of the first picks, but um, you know, the there were some shocking moments and, and nobody had cell service. So the only way you would find out anything happened was when it happened in front of you. Like mm-hmm. there was no way to find out what was going to happen ahead of time or if a trade happened or anything. So um, yeah, you just like stand there in, in this massive crowd of people waiting to hear pick after pick. And, you know, the the middle picks like pick like 10 to 25, the energy kind of died down um, a little bit. And then as we got closer to the Chiefs pick, like everyone kind of locked back in and was paying attention and you know this is three hours in so you people are some people have definitely left at this point some people left after the first pick some people left after the first five picks but um but that atmosphere on thursday night i think is some of the most electric atmospheres related to sports not during an event like Mm -hmm. during a sporting event obviously like things get even more crazy when like plays happen or whatever but that specific moment like just hearing the names get called and watching these guys like with their families and the people who are in the crowd like they're crying and like their families are celebrating and it's like a huge event. And, and I think like the NFL, if has a lot of problems, but I will say the NFL knows how to put on a show. Like that was one of the most electric shows there was.
0: The only like negative I would say about the experience, obviously, uh, other than the fact that we were in extreme pain by the end of it, just because of all the standing. But in terms of presentation, I would say it did feel a little more awkward as it all, like as it often is when you're at an event live, that's also being broadcast is that they're still ultimately doing this event for the TV audience. So you're missing when you're live, especially when you don't have cell service, you're missing a lot of crucial information, I think, um, and you're not hearing what all the talking heads, of, what all the talking heads in TV on the TV are saying, which are what kills all that time between picks. You get the music, which is cool, and you know you'd, you'd sing along to all the classic songs, and we did a lot more of that on Saturday as well. Um, but there's still a disconnect in terms of like the information that you're learning and that you're picking up versus what the TV audience is getting, and I think that's the only thing that might be a negative of the whole experience. And uh, to JF's credit, when he got cell service back, he was basically the Adam Shack of the crowd for at least the area uh among us he was like communicating with everybody around us and that's another thing i always enjoy when you're going to like a live event especially sports you've like become very brief best friends with the people around you especially when uh, you're the only person who knows anything which Janeb was uh he, uh he and i were talking to pretty much everybody everybody in our area uh, until we started moving up because as people left he and i kept moving up throughout the entire night and we eventually got to the front by the time we got to the post-show concert but yeah, I would say that's most of what I have about the experience itself in terms of like everything about the experience and not necessarily the specifics of the draft picks and everything.
3: Post show concert, uh, touch on it real quick yeah. before we go to Saturday. Post show concert, Fall Out Boy, epic. It was, oh, yeah. uh, it was it was all the hits for an hour. Um, I think a great cap to the night. If I wasn't dying in pain and if Nick wasn't dying in pain, especially, I think he would have enjoyed it a little bit more. But um, hearing everyone belt out the songs as as uh, they were singing it and. And uh, just like having a good time, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, no, I was I was glad that I got to see it for free, especially uh, they're here. I think in June, and I was like, maybe I, Probably, I would consider yeah, going to I'll see them. See um, but yeah, and I, I'm glad I got to see them for free. Like just just knock out something. Like I enjoyed the couple times I've been to live music. It's been great. And Gang didn't, again, did again do that for free. I think was cool, and they put on a good show. So shout out to Fall Boy for that we didn't see any of the other shows. We didn't see motley crew or I think Thundercat was the one there on Saturday. Um, yeah. Yeah. So before we get to the picks themselves, we'll talk about our Saturday experience. We skipped Friday cause we were dead. And because there were thunderstorms that were forecast that never actually happened. I don't think on that Friday. Um, so rounds two and three, we watched at home. The four of us were on a voice chat watching uh, rounds two and three on Friday. Um, so Saturday we went a little bit later in the day. I think, uh, during the fifth round, I want to say is when we actually got there, um, and this is a very different uh, to take Janiv's term. A very different vibe when you when you get there. Uh, we entered the opposite way this time. We were basically right by the stage, and what we quickly learned was that all the seating and all like the premium access stuff was basically gone, and the stage area. Had basically turned into what I've described when I've told people about it as the tamest mosh pit of all time. You just have a bunch of sure. you just have a bunch of people there, cl- all cluttered toward the front, and um, you're getting picks interjected and uh, like every couple minutes, obviously, because the the time has gotten shorter and shorter with each with each round and everything um but you just have a bunch of people together who are just vibing to music uh really loudly and i had a drink in me i think jane had a drink as well so uh we were definitely both feeling it and it was a very fun environment to be in i think and i would say it's way 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 more relaxed obviously we were in less pain than we were on thursday which helps but the whole the just the whole vibe of the thing on on saturday was way more relaxed and i had a blast for the couple hours we were there uh it was just a total total blast
3: Saturday is a totally different energy. Um, if it ever comes to your city and you just want to go, like, see what the NFL is about for a day, I would recommend going on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's way more relaxed. You get to see a couple picks. You get to walk around and uh, you call it good. I mean, I like Thursday night during the draft more just because of the atmosphere was electric and uh, the no one knew what was happening. And it was it was kind of chaotic. But I think Saturday you're like close to the stage, there's music playing, you're hanging out uh, and you're listening to picks. And then suddenly Roger Goodell is a foot away from you. Um, And so, yeah, at one point during the um, during Saturday, Roger Goodell like came out into the sort of crowd and started signing autographs and meeting people. And um, I got to talk to him for a brief second, just asking him to sign someone. Someone had something to sign. So I asked him to sign that. And then uh, got to take some selfies and and you know, he was there and and that was kind of one of the highlights was like you, you know you bring all the NFL talent to one place and all the NFL personalities to one place and mm-hmm. uh and then you you get to meet people like Roger tell. um and uh, it was a good time um you know I think it was cool you listen to picks um some of the picks are presented there some of them are presented by you know f- super fans or whatever and then some of them are presented like in mexico and in germany, in germany and australia yeah. and like they did all these like international like video call for, calls in for them to announce the pick. chill atmosphere it didn't feel as crowded or as pressured at all mm-hmm. a decent amount of that might have also been that we didn't go up to where all the activities were like we just stayed at the fountain yep. area like right in front of the stage we, we never left the stage um if and likely when i i do it again i, I would do something similar which is like go friday go saturday uh or sorry go thursday go saturday for thursday try to do as much of the activities as like is reasonable and then if you really want to circle back for anything on friday or on saturday then you can but saturday is just kind of to go to chill and, and get a little bit more of the experience in um i think we wouldn't have gone for a second day if the niners had a pick in the first round I think mm-hmm. we would have called it good but i'm, I'm kind of happy we went for that second get second day because yeah. it was very relaxed and very chill
0: yeah so That stretch on Saturday was the most fun that I had. Like, Thursday was fun, and it was electric, like you said. I think that's the best word for it. Just the entire environment, like the excitement about the draft itself, like the actual picks themselves, was palpable on Thursday. And when you got to Saturday, there was less care about that. You know, when the Chiefs would pick, obviously the reaction would be big, and you'd see some Chiefs legends or whoever like that. Like, Dante Hall showed up and got a big reaction and everything. But it's just a way more laid-back atmosphere, and that was what I personally dug more. But it's up to you in terms of what you all enjoy at your own, like just whatever you enjoy with your live events. But um, if you want a more relaxed experience, just going to the draft and doing some fun stuff. Saturday might be the play, and it could be different next year for all we know. Uh, with with how Detroit's running things, you know, I don't know what the future yeah. will hold as far as that goes. I, of uh, seems to want to go, and I I will try and go if I if I can. I think uh, at mm-hmm. least at least the three of us, uh, Bobby included, since Bobby lives around there. Uh, I think that would be fun if we can make that happen.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to experience that um, long wait to 32 for the Lions pick in person.
3: Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) cool event would recommend if it comes to your area, Um, Mm -hmm. especially if you're listening to the podcast and you're a bit of an NFL fan or or if you just like sports in general and you want to get out and do something cool for a weekend, like definitely very fun.
0: Yeah. So Ramon, when the NFL draft comes to the Netherlands, you better be there is what we're saying. All right, so we'll finally move on to what happened in the draft itself. So I have the first, I think I have the first 10 picks down here, um, except for the Raiders picks. We're going to talk about all of our team's picks last, but um, just go through the notable picks and acquisitions that happened. I think this is mostly just going to cover first and second round, unless there's anything more that you guys want to mention as we go. Uh, Number one overall pick Seemed a little more suspenseful than it has in recent years. I don't think it was, like, for sure, for sure until, like, the week of when it was became yeah. clear who it was going to be. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, who acquired that pick from Chicago a while back, got Bryce Young, uh, quarterback, at number one overall. It was expected, like I said, once you got to, like, the week of. But, uh, yeah, number two to the Houston Texans was C.J. Stroud at quarterback. It was between those two for a while in terms of going back and forth in terms of who would take who.
1: And the and Tex- this was a little... This was like people weren't sure who they were going to take, and we'll see yeah. as we get to number three, like, yeah. kind of what they were thinking. But uh, they, were, everyone was like, "Well, they're they may not pick a quarterback here. Yeah. They could go Will Anderson or you know Jalen Carter or whoever, a defensive player." Yeah, and uh, it
0: seemed like the Texans themselves were make, wanted people to think they, they might the not go ones. quarterback. Yeah, yeah, they, they started exactly. All
1: that. There was like a lot
2: of talk about the Texans potentially passing on quarterback at number two, and while I don't agree with what they ended up doing. Like trading up to number three, spoiler alert, to take a defensive end. I I do like the thought process of, we're gonna take a our quarterback at number two, and completely kill Arizona's market for the number three pick because there would have been several teams calling up to trade for C J Stroud at that point. Mm-hmm. I I believe. Yeah. And so they basically corner the market on that pick and. I'm, I I still think they gave up like way more than they should have for like a defensive end. That's not going to take them to the Super Bowl this year or even next year. But I I appreciate the thought process at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was very bold. I'll say that because they got what some people considered to be the best quarterback. I mean, it was a battle between Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. And I I heard a lot of people that like CJ Stroud more, um, and then will Anderson was considered number one or number two of the defensive players in the draft. So they got two of the top three, probably players in the entire draft. So, mm-hmm. um, and obviously in pick wise, but just in evaluation and, and what people thought. So very bold. I'll, I'll oh give yeah. Them that,
0: yeah. And going back to the live experience real quick, Jane, if I think you'll agree with me in terms of like, Big stuff that happened on draft night. This is obviously the big thing, and the like the atmosphere is we were slowly learning what the hell was happening with this trade uh because they announced it. They're like Houston is or Arizona has traded the number three pick to Houston, and we were like, what the fuck? And again, none of us had service, so it was like five to ten minutes because it's like a ten minute period for the picks to happen. So we're just waiting to see what the terms of this were. I think people at one point thought that the Cardinals had gotten Stroud in the trade somehow, and like that makes no sense because like they have Kyler like Kyler at the moment and everything. Yeah,
3: yeah, that definitely that definitely was a rumor so like the rumors in person because like it doesn't like so the to for for complete context the the team that picked second traded to pick third yes um and uh and so everyone was like how did they end up picking third like what do they trade to pick third and and who do they trade and what happened and and all these things and and uh you know what like did this person get moved or did that person get moved or what and so like the rumors in the crowd in the time between the the sort of banner changing to to the texans and their and the announcement being like the texans are on the clock to the the actual realization of what's happened like that took forever and and that that time was definitely some of the most electric and confounded audience of just like how did they like the it's it's almost like a steal to go get the second and third pick in a draft like that's Mm -hmm. that's very unheard of so like that that moment was was quite chaotic and and we didn't really know what what happened or what the trade was for um and so the third pick they ended up taking a defensive end will anderson who was i think the highest rated if not the top two highest rated defensive player available in the draft
1: Oh, and just that trade, I mean, everyone kind of knew that Arizona was going to trade out. Uh, It's been talked about forever, but you did mention that, you know, getting CJ Stroud wouldn't make sense because they have Kyler, but uh, I don't think that's going to stop them next year taking Caleb Williams when they have the number one pick, because I think they're going to be absolutely brutal.
2: And I mean, they're going to have potentially like two top seven, mm-hmm. at least picks mm-hmm. in yeah. next year's draft. So they'll they'll have the ammo to move up if they want to.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think next year they definitely feel like they're in a better position to do that. This year, I think, with the fact that they have a new coaching staff and everything, they think they're going to give this year a try and they still think they're committed to Kyler for now. But next year will be much more interesting in that regard. I do agree with you. Uh, okay, so number four overall was Indianapolis. Uh, everyone knew they were taking a quarterback. Yeah, at this point, there were two real candidates left. Uh, will Levis showed up and he, like, before, I, w- I should say another thing. They showed up, like, they brought out all the. All the guys who were there in person they brought out like all the people who expected to be picked on day one um i think they're probably 20 to 25 players in total and uh, will levis was among them they introduced them all before the draft and uh he ended up not getting picked on day one he ended up flying home and ended up getting picked on day two spoiler alert so that uh i think
3: i think that's a i think that's a loser move i think i agree if you showed yeah. up to a draft uh and you don't get picked on day one you stay till day two yeah. and you get picked and you go to your you go on you walk on that stage like i think you yeah. own that you're, I you're think ta- you you're talking about
1: a guy that puts mayo in his coffee. Yeah. He doesn't yeah, make some baby. the smartest moves. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, maybe there's a reason why he fell today day two, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe that's the reason. Um Yeah. But but Indy takes uh, Anthony Richardson, uh which I think is very interesting because I think he's the highest like people are telling with the highest ceiling, like the most ta- athletic talent. But the most raw prospect and the Niners have taken a similar position uh-huh. quarterback uh, and that hasn't worked out very well for them. So uh, I also don't believe in the Niners ability to cultivate quarterback talent. Uh, we'll see how it works out for Indy. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. there's there's something cooking there and maybe they'll find something. Um, he is. He's not going to start this year, is he?
0: I think oh, he yeah. Might. Okay, he yeah, will. He will. He definitely will. I, I know way so. he's not. Nick Foles no, is gone, think, Matt Ryan I think is gone as well. So
1: yeah. yeah, the thought process for them I think is basically, look, this guy is as raw as, as it can get, but he needs reps because he barely played yep. in college exactly. too, exactly. so exactly. they're not going to pull the Trey Lance and have him sit. They're going to throw him out there and let him basically play with his, his athleticism to start and then learn how to be a quarterback. And they're not going to be very good, I don't think with him, but like Yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe they're by not, the end of the year he'll put something together if he if they can, but Yeah, they're not they're in, in not. a situation you gotta, like you got to get, get a way. load
3: of uh uh two things on this roster. Uh their quarterback room is Sam Ellinger, right? Gardner Minshew, oh, and yeah. Anthony Richardson. Their wide receiving room, I think the only wide receiver here that has like any like high end potential is michael pittman michael jr Picker. yeah and the rest of the, the the wide receiving room is just like yeah. dudes who you could cut tomorrow
1: what's up do they sell paris campbell
2: no uh, i think nope. he's on he he's i want to say he's on like the jets or something no. i mean not the jets yeah. the giants okay yeah
3: he's gone uh alec pierce and isaiah mckenzie are the only other two players
0: that are like somewhat notable from last season Everything you're that's saying is great. why I think is why I think he starts this season because like they don't. Yeah. yeah, no, no. The Niners well, were the still a good here, team when they picked Trey Lance. Teams, yeah. They like the Niners still had a shot, and they went to the NFC Championship game there. They got Trey Lance anyway. So, um, yeah, like I think that's the season, difference so, in those yeah. situations. I think this is going to be just a rep for Richardson, unless they yeah, make some surprising move.
2: A big uh, a big talking point on draft night was
0: uh, Shane Steichen was the
2: offensive coordinator of Philadelphia, uh-huh. and he worked with you know Jalen Hurts and. Got him to where he is now, so yeah. They're trying to project Richardson in the same kind
0: of mold. Yeah, they'll he's argue big athletic uh-huh. talent. They'll, they'll argue that he's a fit for that Steichen type of of offense. Yeah. A better fit than Lewis yeah, would be, even we'll though see. yeah. Even though Levis seems like historically can you know, consider the last two franchise quarterbacks the Colts have taken, Levis seems much more in their mold, obviously. So I was always thinking that Ursay would go with him. Just my gut feeling like the these past couple months that Levis has been talked about, I sort of thought they might end up doing that. But yeah, once Steichen was, was, ta- was taken, the Richardson take made more sense.
3: The Will Levis to Indy rumors did not end at that pick. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, that. That's not a rumor. That's, uh, that's Ursa being Ursa. Yeah, Ursae blowing
2: yeah. smoke up everybody's, you know
0: what? Yeah. We'll yeah. get to that. I think that's yeah.
1: him. And I think it's him playing off the fact that everyone thought that he was going to going there initially. Mm-hmm. And I, it seems like they were pretty much out on him uh, right away. Yeah. Here's where it gets interesting for the Lions. Because yes, and the Raiders. This was, well, for the Raiders, but I mean, the Raiders are after the Lions, and this was the guy that everyone thought the Lions were taking. I think the Lions were looking for sure to take him because as soon as Seattle announced that they were taking cornerback Devin Witherspoon from mm-hmm. Illinois, the Lions traded out. So yeah. This, I think, was, was a really good guy. I think pick. that was going to be their guy. Yeah. It was. Um. So that's kind of what threw their their strategy for a loop and uh, kind of created the roller coaster of emotions that uh, all Detroiters felt for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was notably one of, if not the last piece of the Russell Wilson trade puzzle. I think they might have had another later pick yeah. that, um, as part Maybe of that deal. More.
2: Yeah, it was, it was like a I want to say a second round pick.
0: I think you're right. I'm not 100% sure, but yeah. Now we have a full, complete picture of what Seattle has gotten in exchange for that Russell Wilson trade. So if you weren't already sure how th- how things shook out before, maybe this year we'll convince you that the Seahawks might have won that whole deal.
3: The Seahawks fleece the Broncos. And I, look, I hate the Seahawks a lot. Like, I, I don't like them. But uh, I'll tell you this. I don't like Russell Wilson so much more. And seeing <laughs> him completely fall apart and seeing the the seahawks just cook the broncos for this trade mm-hmm. makes me so happy makes I'm, me incredibly happy even though it is going to cost the niners franchise playoff wins it makes me incredibly happy
0: yeah and good for the seahawks as we talked about a lot last year with both the lions and the seahawks being good and also getting in this case a top five pick out of it is a pretty damn good year so uh shout out to the seahawks for that and they had a pretty good draft as uh, we can discuss a little bit more later i don't know if uh, how many of those picks will get brought up again but Yeah, so number six overall, Paris Johnson. I didn't have the team here. I think Arizona, right? So Arizona, so
1: the Lions traded out um, that back down to 12. Arizona came back because they were at three. They traded back to 12, and they traded back up then to number six. To six, yeah, Um,
0: which this is originally a Rams
1: pick that the Lions got in the Stafford-Goff deal, I I want to say. Okay. Yeah, it is, and it, that Paris Johnson's an offensive tackle, by the way. Yes, the offensive uh, tackle, Ohio State. Yep. Which um, which
2: they did to jump the Raiders because they believed that the Raiders were going to take Paris Johnson with their seventh overall pick.
3: To to touch real quickly on the on like the draft situation, so like the third trade, the third pick trade happens, and people are like, "Oh my god, what what just happened?" But then the trades don't stop. Like yeah. every couple of picks, there was a trade uh and especially through like the first 20 picks like there were a bunch of trades and so anytime a trade would happen everyone would lose it cuz they were like is this another like mega trade or like um did they just trade away someone like in this case like when cuz Arizona moved up um and Deandre Hopkins is you know, I've been on the rumor mill of being traded like people were like oh did Deandre Hopkins just get traded and so, like, anytime time, like, any player who had someone who could potentially get traded, like, move up or down, like, it, it was a frenzy in the crowd of, like, who just got traded? What they—what did they just get traded for? What was the compensation? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, on draft night, most draft night trades are trades for other draft picks. Yeah. But still, people were losing it.
0: Um, unless you're A.J. Brown.
3: Yeah, unless you're a, a failing front office in the Tennessee Titans organization. Yeah,
0: more on them later, but, uh Yeah uh so we'll skip over number seven which was the raiders we'll go to number eight uh atlanta just keeps making interesting calls with these top 10 draft picks they've drafted uh, offensive players not at the quarterback position the last three top 10 draft offensive picks they've skill had. position players yeah, they have uh, running back Bijan robinson from texas i believe I think and this is
1: actually a good pick for them though to be honest
3: if i mean i mean if he gets run i don't know he saw them pick kyle pitts and how'd
0: that turn out well, yeah they yeah. did get kyle but pitts I, top who? five kyle pitts who yeah, kyle, yeah exactly it just I feels weird just at this died, point. So yeah, I, like you know. he's definitely the best running back of, of this year's draft, but I, I'm still personally not a, like not aboard the whole like top 10, top five, top 10 running back draft pick take at this point right now. I still feel like they might have reached a little bit for him, but like if that's the guy they really wanted, that's where they pick fell. like I get it. But I still feel like especially because the quarterback situation is not great. Like,
1: yeah, he's going to be their bell cow. He's, he's going to be their entire offense. this year. If you basically.
0: think this is an Adrian Peterson, like, I don't I don't know
2: why you wouldn't take him at number eight, right. honestly. That's what I, I'm saying. I, I'm fine I, with it.
1: I think I think two running backs, and we'll get to the other one later, were probably deserving, especially hearing you talk after the draft mm-hmm. about um specifically the Lions pick later. Like it kinda seems like the teams thought they were worth these high picks.
0: Yeah. Which has not has kinda not been the case for a little while with like with running backs in the draft, I feel like. I feel like you just kind of find diamonds in the rough. Like the Chiefs, the Chiefs' starting running back now is a seventh rounder after their first rounder from a couple of years ago didn't pan out. Like the running back, yeah. the running back position is just kind of interesting with the way things shake yeah. out. Oftentimes, um,
3: yeah, I mean the Niners' running back room, like when it was really good, was Mostert, who was like a late round pick, and yep. Jeff Wilson Jr., was undrafted free agent. Like I think you can you can find good running backs, serviceable running backs in later rounds, but the stellar running backs, like the top running backs they change your team's mm-hmm. complexion so entirely. Look at the Josh McCaffrey's, Jacobs, at Josh McCaffrey, Jacobs, yeah. Um Saquon, like these these running backs come in and completely shift the dynamic of your team. And so those those are, you know, running backs drafted in the early rounds and and I think if Atlanta gets an offense going, that division is a dumpster fire. Uh mm-hmm. so I you know, no no reason Atlanta couldn't be in the mix.
0: Yeah. Okay, so number nine overall. This was another big move. Uh, the Bears were picking here. I think uh, this was Carolina's pick that they the were. Bears traded the number one pick for. And uh, the Bears didn't pick here because the number 30 overall pick, the Super Bowl runner up, the Philadelphia Eagles traded up to uh, get this pick here. And they ended up taking. Well, they, J-
2: well, they yeah. were at number 10. They also right. had they the number up 10 one pick. pick. Oh, you're right, you're
1: right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I knew yeah. they didn't trade the so, number 30 pick, but yeah. Yeah, so the Eagles basically at this point. um. They knew who they wanted. They were targeting, you know, this pick, and I'm guessing that other teams were going to be trading up to that. And they they called Chicago and, or, and were like, "We want to just make sure at this yeah. point, so that you don't trade out and someone else steals them." So
0: yeah, and it felt like the goal for Philly in these early rounds is to or plunge the defense. Which goddamn, it really seems like they did. Um, and just
1: just and just have the entire um, Georgia roster from the uh, Yeah. yeah uh, specifically the Georgia defense. Team. You're right. Yeah. The Georgia did defense. we say the
2: player, did we say the player Jalen Carter defense tackle?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, Jaylen, I think
3: Jalen Carter before some of the off the, off the field issues came up, like was slated to be a top five pick. I think he, he would have yeah. gotten ahead of Will Anderson, but I, f- potentially the best player in the draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. Yeah.
1: He's potentially the best player that you know a quarterback was going to be taken first and all those guys but the the number 1 actually you know scouted player before everything went down with him was it was Carter so you know if they think that they have a team around to, you know around him to to kind of correct any off the field issues or to keep yeah. him in line like uh, and i think if anyone does it's philadelphia
0: yeah, they interviewed Jason Kelsey, at least live at the venue, and he was talking about how like they have Fletcher Cox on defense that he's going to be rooming with or whatever just to keep him in line. And it's like, yeah, I, I imagine the Eagles like knew what they were getting with him. And they and multiple
1: former teammates.
0: Yes, and multiple former teammates. So with all those factors at play, I think they they feel fairly confident that they can like, you know, keep him in check and everything and keep him focused on the game. So we'll see how that all works out for them. Uh, rounding out the top 10, uh, Chicago's pick, Darnell Wright, offensive tackle. I don't really have a ton of notes no. about this one. I was just rounding out the it's top 10. Smart pick for them.
1: Yeah. They need, they need to pro- protect Fields. They got to, you know, they got a lineman. Like, it's fine. Yeah.
0: I, I, I mean, how, lineman how, takes uh, are just not exciting, so there's not really much to say. It's like most teams usually. They're very usually do- important. Yes. But it's
1: hard to talk about it.
0: Yeah. It's like most teams do need help at offensive line, like to some degree. Like, it doesn't hurt to have offensive line depth. So, like, when they take a lineman, it's like, yeah, yeah that and just and makes Fields sense. Fields was running
1: for his life. Last year, not just because he was running for yards, but yeah, pressure was in his face constantly.
0: Yeah. Now that we've done the top 10, we're going to jump around a little bit for uh, other picks in the first round. Number 17. You guys want to talk about this one a little bit. Christian Gonzalez, uh, defensive back, went to New England.
2: Yeah. So Christian Gonzalez was projected to go around the same time as uh, Devon Witherspoon, who was the first defensive back taken. They were they were ranked like similarly and there was a lot of talk like. The Lions were going to go Devon Witherspoon, number six. The Raiders would go Christian Gonzalez, number seven. Mm-hmm. But he ended up going all the way down to seventeen. So, a lot of people could see that as value. Who knows why he fell? You know, I mm-hmm. mean, there's a reason yeah. why the fans yeah. aren't running the front office and things like Base,
1: that. Basically, with him, because early on, uh, he was kind of the one everyone thought was going to be the number one corner taken. It kind of became clear that Witherspoon was at least somewhat better. Um, but essentially, Gonzalez has like. He has a lot of the measurables, but on the field, he showed some weaknesses that I think made him fall a bit. Um, he wasn't quite a shutdown type of guy, um, like just kind of some footwork and other stuff, but he has all the, like he's he has the body type, he has the speed, like that kind of deal. So um, I think he just fell be- more because of his, the tape. Um, so like, I think he's really good. I think New England got a player that talent wise should have probably been in the top 10. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Definitely a a notable pick.
0: Yeah. And thank you, Janet, for the note you just put down. Uh, Number 20 overall, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, wide receiver, went to the Seahawks.
1: Very good pick.
0: Yeah, very good pick. I believe he was the first wide out taken in this draft.
3: Uh, Yeah, that was the first wide receiver, and then a bunch of them went after that. But yeah, yeah, I think that was one of the steals of the draft. Jackson Smith and Jigba was in a wide receiving room at Ohio State that included uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Um, and so, and and at the time I think of those three wide receivers, he was arguably the best one. Um, you know, he's had some injury issues when he was at Ohio state, but I think, uh, the Seahawks wide receiving room is just monster now Mm -hmm. with Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Like it's going to be, uh, they're going to be a throwing machine out there. And, uh,
1: Gino should be very happy.
3: Yeah. Whatever rookie ends up replacing Gino and, however years how many ever years time has a, an incredible talent uh to step into and and work with
1: yep just to mention really fast like you said a few like a bunch of receivers went after him yeah that started a run of four receivers in a row uh-huh. so in in jigba and then Quentin johnson went to the chargers zay flowers went to baltimore uh and the vikings took jordan Addison. so yeah um Just there was clearly this was about the time everyone had the receivers evaluated. As soon as the top guy went off the board, everyone that wanted a receiver took a receiver.
0: Yeah, this is when Chiefs fans and the crowd start getting a little bit antsy because Chiefs fans, mm-hmm. um, as always, uh, since last year, they want a wide receiver drafted as soon as possible and seeing all the possible takes going and the Chiefs not trading up for them, uh, people are getting a l- little bit antsy about what the Chiefs are going to do because Zay Flowers, I've heard in particular, was someone that like the Chiefs had their eye on allegedly and that they were considering trading up for. And when Baltimore took him, it was like, well, I guess we're probably not getting a wide receiver at this point, and we didn't.
3: When all four of those went, took the air out of the room.
2: Yeah. And I think from a team building standpoint, like I understand the Chiefs thought process. Like you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Oh yeah. Travis Kelsey will still be like, if not dominant, then very, very, very good for the next two or three years at least. Mm -hmm. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, like you don't need top 10 talent at wide receiver. You can fill your team with like second and third round guys and he's still going to get it done.
0: Yeah. No, I agree yeah. with you. I just know how Chiefs fans think about the whole thing. They want to replace a star that they that they lost, and that's just all they keep thinking. Quarterback play uh, will will rise
3: any wide receivers you put in the room. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we've seen it enough with Rodgers and, and Brady that and Manning that they like got middle of the road wide receivers and turned them into superstars.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, so. the Chiefs just won a Super Bowl without a true star wide receiver this past season, so I think their thought process on just kind of getting people that Patrick likes basically and just letting them cook is uh, it's worked out for them at least the past year and I think that's what they're thinking for this next season but we'll get to the Chiefs in a little bit um so that was all I had for the first round we'll get to again all of our team's picks in just a second a couple second rounders I did want to mention um the first pick of the second round Pittsburgh had it I'd put it here just because it's kind of a historical pick that makes you feel old as shit uh Joey Porter yeah. Jr Joey yeah. Porter Jr., uh, uh, defensive back, goes to the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers, same place his dad played. And uh, his dad played while I was watching, which is uh, not nice for me to think about. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just want to mention
2: characters. that. He was a character, too. Yep. Yeah.
0: I, I, remember... I believe he played linebacker, right? Linebacker? Yeah, I think he was linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember him uh, on that America's Game series. that I remember he was like the big, yeah. ki- the big character of the Steelers one from Super Bowl 40. I remember that. So I've always yeah, remembered him because of that. Yeah, so uh, his his son is old enough to play in the NFL now, and uh, I'm not happy about it, but uh, life goes on. Uh, so the next pick, number 33 overall. Finally, Will Levis, who was back home, uh, got taken by the Tennessee Titans. And uh, interestingly, shortly after this, the Titans said that he was their third stringer uh, for the time being behind Tannehill and Malik Willis. And I'm very curious how long that
1: lasts. That's I think Malik Willis doesn't make the team. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't like know if what the they're squad? saying in April let him, let him is be
1: gonna be the t squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He
0: might have a. He he might be the next big star in the XFL. He might be. Mm-hmm.
1: And just because we mentioned it earlier, what we were talking about with Jim Irsey is he tweeted uh, between days between the first and second round was. Uh, so yeah, should we take Will Levis just to whatever he said to um, to, be the, next team, to young. be the next Montana Young? Next Montana Young. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about yeah, that part. He was clearly trolling, like yeah. everyone thought that they were going to take Levis. It's like let's take another quarterback, you know. Which it, it was fun. It, it was it was funny to see that. Clearly, that's not what they were going to do. Um, yeah. And Tennessee is a pretty good landing spot for Will Levis, I think. Though, uh-huh. like, you know, I, I don't think their team is very good at the moment. I think no they're going to be rebuilding real fast, but they're going to have the quarterback to work with to do that. So, and there was talk that
2: Tennessee was going to trade up to draft Will Levis in the first round. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that I I guess not all of that was smoke, but Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, uh, I wanted to make my tinfoil hat prediction by the time training camp is over. I think, Will Levis will be the number one quarterback on the Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. and Ryan Tannehill will be the number one quarterback on the Washington Commanders. Oh, there
0: you Not go. Oh, spicy. Yeah, I remember thinking on day one, the Commanders like God. They feel I feel like they need a quarterback worse than like most other teams, and they seem to have no interest in getting a quarterback. And I've heard nothing about what they're doing with quarterback right now. So yeah, that's and we a- know now that
2: Washington has been calling around for like any available quarterback they could possibly find, mm-hmm. so <laughs>
3: including Andrew Luck yes including andrew Luck. Yeah. Allegedly. Yes. allegedly 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 <laughs> look the league wants that jim say wants them to look into it for tampering all right just allegedly
0: that man's just trying to get to his classes and raise his family and they keep trying to pull him back into the league those are like the big notes um i guess you want to mention like other big quarterbacks Stetson bennett went to the rams in the fourth round max duggan went to the chargers in the seventh round um I don't know how much to expect from either of those teams. Stetson Bennett's going to have a fighting chance with the Rams quarterback situation being what it is right now. And uh, some uncertainty probably about Stafford in terms of his longevity and everything.
3: Well, we'll talk about picks when, uh, when they inevitably wreck us in fantasy week five. That's that's when
0: you talk about picks again. Yeah. All right. So move on to fourth down talking about the drafts that our teams had. And the first team that took a player was the Raiders. So we have the Raiders going first. Arcadio, tell us the story of your 2023 draft.
2: The Raiders, with the number seven overall pick, took defensive end Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Now, I want to say he was a transfer to Texas Tech. He had originally started at Texas A&M for his first two years. And so he transferred over to Texas Tech. And he played a full season. He led the team in sacks and all that. And then this past season that he played, um, I want to say got cut short with a foot injury. Mm -hmm. which was the big medical red flag for a lot of teams going into this draft. Like a lot of teams had taken him off their board because of like, it was like a list Frank foot type injury that they weren't sure that he'd even be the same football player after it. So that's a, a risk that the Raiders ended up taking. They, they apparently felt comfortable with his medical and they, I believe they see him as like a Chandler Jones type, which, you know, of course they have, Chandler Jones on their team. So he's going to learn from a similar type of player. And of course, Max Crosby on the other side. So I, I don't hate the pick. Uh, it does kind of give me pause like his, with his injury thing being what it is. And uh, the fact that he's going to be 23 in his rookie season mm-hmm. certainly doesn't give a whole lot of uh, encouragement to where his ceiling could be because you'd you'd like to get more time for players to develop like early in their career. So that those are the only two things that really give me pause with this pick. Uh He seems like a talented player, so I don't hate it. And he was projected by many analysts around the, the space that he would be a top 10 pick. So at least the Raiders didn't pick like a, a third round offensive tackle at pick number 17, like they did two years ago. So moving on to the second round, this is probably the Raiders best pick of their entire draft, which they moved up to get, but I think it was worth it. They took uh, tight end from Notre Dame, which you just need to hear those two adjectives, tight end from Notre Dame. That's like a tight end university. Uh, Michael Mayer in the second round and projected by many to be the top tight end in the draft, like a top 15, top 20 player. So I was very happy when they did that. And uh, he didn't test super well at the combine, his speed wasn't where people wanted it to be and his size, he wasn't as big as you would like him to be. Like he was kind of being compared to Rob Gronkowski, which, you know, that's of course, that's why Josh McDaniels felt like he wanted to make this pick Mm -hmm. projects to be like a good chain mover and on third down and all that. So he doesn't even need to be like the number one receiver on the team, obviously, because the Raiders already have a good receiving core as it is. So yeah, He's stepping into a good spot here, and especially since the Raiders' tight end room was not very encouraging going into the draft ever since they traded uh, Darren Waller. Byron Young, defensive tackle Alabama, just a solid high-floor guy, can step into the defensive line rotation right away and contribute. Other third-round pick, Trey Tucker, a receiver from Cincinnati. I think they project him to be like a kick returner, punt returner, special teams ace which I don't, know, I don't know if you really should be spending a third-round pick on that type of player in today's NFL because oh, the, just way, wait. the way the <laughs> kick return rules are, it doesn't seem as important a position anymore to me. But yep. um, yeah, they, they finally took a defensive back in the fourth round, which myself included, I, a lot of Raiders fans were kind of concerned that they decided to not address that position until the fourth round. Um, but I guess Bennett is one of the fi- the fastest guys in the draft. So you know that's the old Al Davis mantra: draft the speed and teach the talent and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most interesting picks they made was their second fourth round pick, a quarterback from Purdue, Aiden O'Connell. Um, and of course, as soon as he got picked, the you you can't pick a, a late round quarterback in today's NFL without them being compared to Tom Brady. And that was like one of the big things like, oh, his release reminds Josh McDaniels of Tom Brady. Of course. Yes. uh, Of course. And because it's
1: McDaniels picking him too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Perfect story. Uh, The the word that I've heard around this player is that he makes some insanely, insanely crazy highlight plays and then insanely crazy boneheaded plays. He does. Sounds like (laughs) Derek's. (laughs) <laughs> which, yeah, you know, that that sounds like a Raiders quarterback to me. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Aiden O'Connell start a few games for the Raiders this season, especially when uh, Jimmy, G goes down. Jimmy G goes down or the Raiders are just, you know, out of the hunt and they want to see what they have.
3: Jimmy uh, G will go down week 11 and then you'll get him to step in for the last six games of the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The so
2: Josh McDaniels got his developmental quarterback. We'll see. And then just, I guess, they they had a few more picks i'll just mention one christopher smith the safety from georgia he fell because of his size and because he didn't run very well but he was obviously a very good player on the georgia defense the one of the best defenses of college football in several years so they they needed help in that position as well so yeah we'll see if if the the measurables end up mattering in the end if if his tape can end up winning out but yeah, overall, not not a terrible draft from the Raiders.
3: I mean, that's a that's a big win for uh, for Raiders drafts. I've seen a lot of bad Raiders drafts over the years. Mm-hmm. L- looking at you, Henry Ruggs. Looking at you, yeah. Leland Flair. Damon you, Just take the wins uh, where you can get them. is, is Ross, what is what
1: yeah. I'm hearing. Basically. <laughs> oh,
2: and I, I should say I should mention Tyree Wilson, best dress of the entire draft. Was oh, he? Yeah. Oh, there was a
0: lot of drip at the draft. I'll the tell drip. you that. There he was a the, lot he, of he drip. He was up
1: there at the very least. He was at least up there.
0: Will Levis was also there. That's what I'll say about the drip game at the draft. <laughs> he,
1: he was... He, yep. <laughs> he, was, he was there. He was
0: present. Well, on on one yeah, day at we least. he probably had
1: some sweat dripping. Yeah. All right. Robert, you want to take <laughs> the floor? Right. All right. So, uh, follow me here because this was uh, quite the journey. Okay. So... Uh, it started out, obviously, it looked like we were going to be taking Witherspoon, like that's kind of what everyone mocked uh, at six. I wasn't too keen on that. We've taken Nakuda um, before that didn't really work out. Obviously, we traded him, but um, I wasn't, I didn't really want a corner. I, I was, I was kind of, I actually wanted Tyree Wilson was my guy, uh, which obviously went to the Raiders who we talked about. Uh, and that was kind of before we heard more about the foot. So Witherspoon goes, we trade back. I'm like, okay, I like that. We got pick 34, uh, which was the third pick in the second round. Um, and so we get to 12, and I'm like, okay, well, who's left? Uh, I just wanted some type of defensive player is kind of what I'm thinking. They go up there running back at <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, Alabama. <laughs> and at, at worst, I was horrified. At best, I was confused. Um, it just ranged through a lot of things. I really had no idea how to process that information at the time because I was like, "I love Jameer Gibbs. He's a fantastic player. He's a home run hitter. He can, he's a he can receive you know out of the backfield really well. He runs good routes, and he's a good. He's a really really good back. Like I think he's a game changer. But do we take him at twelve? Why we need something else? We need, you know we need defense. You need uh, an entire defense. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. Like I'll get to why. I kind of came around to this after the fact, but you know, we'll just continue down this for now. So then we get down to 18 and I'm thinking, okay, well, what are we taking now? Uh, I want defense and we did go defense, but we went, uh, off the ball linebacker, Jack Campbell from Iowa. Who A nepotism pick. Again. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, he is not related to Dan. Okay. Fine. Um, but yeah, he does have the same last name, but honestly, like I said right away, I'm like, I, love Jack Campbell. I actually really wanted him. I just thought he would be there in like the second round. Apparently I was wrong. Like looking back on, on this again, we'll see, but you know, that's, these are, these were not the two positions on day one that I was expecting us to address, which is yeah. running back and off the ball linebacker. But I do like the players. So I was like, okay, I don't know. Let's see what we do. Day two, day two starts. We had the, uh, pick 34, um, trade from from the trade back. And, Again, I really want defense. We go tight end. Sam Laporta <laughs> from Iowa. Again, I and I, I didn't really know much about Sam Laporta until afterwards. I knew that he was a good Iowa tight end, and they're usually good. Um, George,
2: that's another tight end university.
1: Yeah, exactly. Shout so George, Hawkinson, TJ, Hawkinson, they yeah. had Fant. They, they've had uh, quite a few. and
2: They also had Fant? Wow.
1: Yeah. Fant was on the same team as Hawkinson. So...
2: What a tight end room
1: that is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: But out of all those guys, LaPorta is the career like leading receiver uh tight end wise for Iowa and they had horrible quarterbacks while he was there. So, looking back on that, I actually really like the pick. I think he's he was the most most like athletic as far as running routes. Um I thought Meyer Like he just didn't test nearly as well. Uh, Meyer didn't as as Laporta. Laporta runs basically the same speed as Amon Ross St. Brown. So I'm like, looking back on it, I actually really do like him. I think he's really good. Like at, at where we got him, I don't mind that. But here's where it really turned around for me. And the first pick that I loved instantly was pick 45 in the second round because we had two first rounders, two second rounders, two third rounders here. So second pick in the second round, we get Brian Branch, safety nickel from Alabama. This was my, by far, favorite pick of the draft. It still is home run. Um, yep, absolute home run pick here because people thought he could be easily a number one or not number one, but a first round pick and he fell. And I don't know. I think some of it was just, he's not quite as fast as some of the other guys that went a little higher, but um, like he is a tackler. He is, he's a perfect at re- reading just about every play. Um, And he's pretty much C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who we signed for one year. So if he can learn under him and basically take over that exact role, like he'll play a bunch this year, I'm sure. But he's yeah, going to essentially be, sure. yeah, but he's going to be the C.J. Gardner-Johnson going forward. So I absolutely love that pick. So I'm like, okay, this is starting to turn around at least a little bit. The next one, which you guys all thought were was funny because you knew it before I did, um, cause you know, I was talking before the draft, how I don't want a quarterback, but what I was talking about was at number six. I really yeah, yeah, did not yeah. want them to go, uh, Richardson, which is what a lot of people were saying. Like he could be there at six. So the lions in the third round get Hendon hooker quarterback, Tennessee, who, uh, I actually think out of all the quarterbacks in this draft that we could realistically have gotten, that's not Bryce young, CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was my favorite one. I know he's older. Um, I know he's coming off the ACL, but that's kind of like the perfect situation coming in right now because he was not going to start this year at all. He doesn't even need to be the starter. Like we needed a backup quarterback. Like our quarterback room is brutal behind golf. Um, we've been looking to address it for a long time and haven't really been able to get anyone in and in hooker, I think is a fantastic pick because his potential is a really good NFL starter. And even if he doesn't reach that and he's a backup quarterback behind Goff and we resign Goff, like, I like that pick. I think that's good value. Um, and I love his potential. He can run. He can, you know, he's got a bullet for an arm. So uh, I'm a fan of that. And then uh, third round again, we finally get a position that I wanted to take, which is defensive tackle. We go Broderick Martin, who's just a massive human being. He's like 330 pounds. He's just a space eater. Um, very raw, uh, which I think is fine. We have a, uh, we have some guys in there, some veterans like bugs, uh, that can kind of teach him. But if we just need someone to be able to stop the run and take up space, like perfect. I like that. Next pick was, it wasn't until the fifth round. We got an offensive tackle who I don't really know anything about from William and Mary, but Colby Sorretto. I don't really know how to pronounce his name, but good pick. We always need, need a uh, depth there. And then seventh round we take, uh, a pick that now I'm really liking for a seventh round guy, Antoine Green, who is a receiver from North Carolina. Uh, He's a deep threat. He's very fast. He's, he goes up and makes content uh, contested catches, but he is just, he doesn't really run a ton of routes. He's just kind of a go guy and he plays special teams, which we do need. So I was, I had no idea what to think, especially because of the whole positional value thing. Uh, And then all of a sudden after the draft, a ton of, like NFL execs and um the talking heads were saying how good, like how impressed they were with the Lions draft. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Hold on, what? <laughs> Why? So you I sure? did I listened I listened to them. I I like did the research and I mean honestly oh and I forgot to mention by the way, after we picked Gibbs, we did trade DeAndre Swift to uh the Eagles. Yeah. So once once we took Gibbs, I knew he was pretty much gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think so, that the Lions were a big fan. Like, the, this new regime was a big fan of his in general because he couldn't really stay on the field. They didn't like how he would try to make too many cuts and not just go straight downfield when he had openings. Like, he just kind of didn't seem to have the vision they they liked. So, uh-huh. I, I get it. A ton of teams were looking to get or trade up to get Demir Gibbs. They think he is an absolute game-changer. So, okay, if that, if he is that, and he has to be because to take a running back that high at number 12. Um, But he's faster than Jamison Williams, who we are losing for six games.
3: I mean, if he's the next CMC, you know?
1: Yeah, like, I I don't know if he's quite as strong as CMC, but he's a great receiver and he's a home run hitter. So, like, okay, if he's an immediate impact and he proves that, then it's worth the pick. Um, Jack Campbell, our linebacker, group was not good at all last year. Um, Anzalone was our kind of best linebacker and he's okay at best. We re-signed him. Um, But Jack Campbell is like the leader of the defense type of guy. He's a very big human being and fast and is sideline to sideline guy. Like I know the position is in this like modern NFL isn't the most important, but it's a position that we were very, very weak at. And one that everyone wanted us to address in free agency and we didn't. Um, I think it's just people thought that Jack Campbell would be around further in the draft based on the mocks. But uh, I think it was maybe Buffalo or a few other teams were go- apparently going to take him like right around when the Lions did. So mm. uh, you know what? I I don't hate the look. Basically what I'm saying is those two picks were the ones that are the most questioned, like because of the whole positional value thing, everyone questioned looking at the entire draft as a whole. I like every position we addressed. And getting Brian Branch where we did, like, if you just say we we drafted Brian Branch at 18 and Jack Campbell at 45, people wouldn't have had a problem with it, but it's because of where we got but, the players. Yeah,
2: but you can't say that because they drafted well, them where they drafted them.
1: Exactly. But when you look at the whole group of players, I like every single player they took. It's just where they ended up getting them is a little bit like I wouldn't have done this. I wanted a defensive end because I wanted to put someone I wanted to put someone on the other side of, of Hutch, basically. Mm hmm and just go after the quarterback. But um, between free agency and the draft, the Lions addressed every single position to need, um, especially the the defensive backs, where we signed pretty much an entire starting group and then also drafted, drafted branch. So do I love it? No. But do I love each player? I do, and I think the overall group is going to definitely help the team. It's just that, they need to prove it and it needs to hit. Otherwise it's going to look as bad as people kind of thought it was initially. But I I actually think it's kind of, it's kind of a win now draft. Um, And they also did the same thing in free agency where they signed quite, quite a few guys to one year deals. Like they're filling every hole that they had because of this, you know, eight and two finish they're thinking, let's continue that trend. I think this is our window, that type of thing. So if they can put it together this year and get into the playoffs, win a game or two at the very least, then I'll be happy with what they did to fill all these holes. But yeah, it was a roller coaster for sure to, to get to where I landed now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, so like Mike Villani is uh, a radio guy here and he's like the best one that we have, but he's always very, very hard on the lions. I thought he was going to rip the draft and he ended up, he said, "It's not what I would have done, but I love what they did." Basically, so it's like, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit confused, but I'm better with it now than I was right away. So he
2: has, I, he has drunk the Kool Aid, folks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. You know, they drafted guys that are going to be exciting to watch and are probably going to be starting for us right away. For most of these guys, at least the first six picks could be starters. Well, sorry, other than Hendon Hooker. So the first five picks so we'll see i'm i'm not nearly as mad about it as i was initially i guess we'll go get to that
0: yeah that was the one thing that i was sad that i missed with no cell service on thursday it was like oh what's bobby thinking about these picks because i figured you would not be happy with the conversations we had had beforehand so i'm glad that at least for now you've turned around on them somewhat
1: yep and again it's got to turn out because if 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 two, even like the two of the top guys are busts, then this draft was not worth it.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Moving on to the next team that picked uh, would be the Chiefs. They had the final pick of round one. Uh, Last in-person note I think that I will make was that uh, we we mentioned that the wait for the crowd, the majority of the Chiefs fans in the crowd, was for that last pick in the first round before the concert started and everything. Um, So... The Chiefs did not get the wide receiver that fans wanted them to get, and then it, the attention sort of got turned to what other positions are they going to try and uh, are they going to try and fill? I think I mentioned before we, or whenever we previewed the draft, I mentioned that I feel like wide receiver, edge rusher, and then maybe offensive tackle are kind of the main positions that the Chiefs need to improve in some capacity. Their first round pick. Uh, A crowd favorite from Kansas State uh, was Felix Enidike Uzama, uh, defensive end, and the crowd went crazy for it. Obviously, a local boy, I think he's from Kansas City and obviously went to school in Kansas. And Clark Hunt was on stage with the Lombardi Trophies up there with him. And it seemed like more than anything, the Chiefs wanted to have that big feel-good moment at the end of night one, which they got. And what I've seen was that they reached a little bit to get Felix, but I mean, we'll see if he works out. That's, I think he was like projected like somewhere in the second round, and they got him at the very end of the first round. So we'll see. Um, the fans are going to give him a little of a leash, I think, because they do like him so much. So uh, we will see how things go with him. I said we needed an edge rusher, and they went and got an edge rusher in the first round, so I can't complain too much, even if they might have reached a little bit for him. Uh, they did get the wide receiver in the second round. They got Rasheed Rice from SMU. I believe he was one of the quarterbacks that uh, went down to Texas to work out with Mahomes this offseason. They had a big little camp a couple weeks ago um, that they worked out at, and Mahomes seemed to be a big fan of his. And at this point, rather than getting a big star receiver, like I said, if you get a guy Patrick likes, I'm going to be okay with that. So happy with this pick, and his early his early workouts seem to be looking good as well. And then third round, they got Wanya Morris, offensive tackle from Oklahoma. So within the first three rounds, those three picks were all the three main positions that I said they needed to improve, and they went after those positions immediately. Even if these weren't maybe the best guys available at their individual positions, they at least addressed them at some capacity, which I'm okay with. And then in the later rounds, they they uh, they got a they just did defense the rest. They got a safety, an uh, outside linebacker, a defense tackle, and a cornerback. So in the later rounds, they addressed them with defense, and these all seem to be decent picks at this point. I will trust in Brett Veach, and until he totally leads us astray, he's made a couple picks that haven't worked out uh, in his tenure, but uh, generally has a pretty uh, pretty good track record with making these picks. And overall, I am decently happy with this Chiefs haul, even if they might have reached a little bit in round one.
3: I think the Chiefs, and, and similarly the Niners, are in the position of when you're when you're good, and most of your starting players aren't going to get replaced, or need to be replaced, or you know are out there. You're you're drafting kind of trying to fill some holes and trying to get, uh, trying to find, you know, diamonds in the rough. Uh, and I think, um, uh, you know, it's, it's good to get more, um, prowess up front, uh, in, in the defensive line. I think that was something that Kansas city actually needed and yeah. and also a wide receiver, but the rest of the positions are just like, you got guys that are already playing that are half decent or good. And you're just going to get guys who can hopefully beat them out in camp maybe, or, or be there when, when inevitably someone gets injured. So.
0: Yeah. And they had a lot of rookies that worked themselves up to being starters by the end of last season and the same in 2021. So these guys are going to have their chance to, to beat out the competition in camp. And, uh, hopefully that, that competitiveness just helps motivate the rest of the entire team. And hopefully it leads to an even better chiefs team. Uh, that's all I can hope for, but yeah, pretty happy. And like I said, it was a fun, feel good moment at the end of night one to have Felix get picked there. So that was cool. And, uh, all the picks got big reactions from the chiefs. There was a point, I think in the fifth or sixth round when we were about to leave and then the Chiefs traded down. So we had to wait like another 15 picks to get their next pick. Uh, and then we ended up leaving shortly after that. Uh,
3: or they, they traded out of the 2023 draft when they they didn't trade down. They just traded up out of the draft entirely.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, yeah, they did have one pick, I think, after that, but and which we stuck around for. But yeah. So that's all I have to say about the Chiefs. And uh, last but not least, Jaina, if you want to talk about the experience of being a Niners fan for this particular draft?
3: Yeah, Niners didn't have any picks. I mean, I mean, we had picks they all were in the third round and on, you know, there was talk about maybe dra- moving up to get somebody. But they, in reality, like they had kind of their biggest positional need was a uh, kicker and, and sort of safety and cornerback and shoring up some of the defense where we lost some players and yep. maybe trying to get new guys to fill in the offensive line. But really speaking, they they were pretty confident about their line going into the draft. They had said they had said so. So um yeah i think uh they the biggest news is that they took a safety first who who um you know the team really likes and who thinks will be competitive against deshaun gibson who's sort of their much older uh 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 starting safety and then um and then they took a kicker in the third round which i think has been like the big news in ninersville was just uh or in in niners empire has just been uh jake moody getting picked in the third round and and people have very mixed opinions about it um they i think personally it's a bit of a stretch for a kicker but um good kickers are very hard to find in the league and if jake moody can keep up his uh his kicking excellence that he had at michigan in the nfl he's on he's gonna replace robbie gold who's gone um and robbie gold didn't miss a kick in the playoffs so that's the that's the reputation he has to live up to and um i think it will be hard for that to happen but you know um good kickers are hard to come by. And if we if that's if that's the cooker the front office wants, then you know, I I really have faith in uh in John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to pick good talent um outside of the quarterback position. That one's a little up and down. But um, you know, and then later round picks, they sometimes find diamonds in the rough. I i really haven't gotten deep into the analysis. I think it's it's hard to like get invested in these guys when the majority of them really aren't gonna play over. Their starting counterparts, so, um, or their current roster counterparts, but, um, yeah, uh, catch me in week six to- talking to you about, uh, Braden Willis making all kinds of catches in the end zone or Ronnie <laughs> Bell going off, you know, uh, that's we'll, we'll see how it pans out then, but I have no like precursory info on, on how it's going to go. If they run, if they run it back out there with the same squad and have any quarterback be healthy for 17 games, I think they, go for another deep playoff run so yeah
0: yeah the three words i always have to say after every draft are wait and see and that's what we'll have to do it's gonna be a couple months before we get to camp and then preseason starts in the regular season so i think that will finally do it for us yeah we went longer than we thought we would what's new
1: um and there's gonna be there's gonna be a few more free agent moves i think before camp and there's gonna be cuts during camp and all that so yeah yeah Yeah. eventually but uh
3: the draft was fun um shout out to nick for hosting uh hosting me and and um expect more draft coverage if we do this again next year and
0: from detroit i am down to run it back and go somewhere new this time for it i am totally looking forward to hopefully being able to do that so yeah i think if you guys are all good i think we can get out here shout out sporting kansas city for being absolutely terrible when we went to see them
3: and then
1: beating the best team in the league.
0: You know what they say, you're only as good as your last game, and we just beat the best team in the league. So I think that makes us the best team in the league right now, uh, bud.
1: For for American football fans, that, that's a soccer team.
0: That's a soccer team. Yeah, it's, it's the <laughs> it's the Major League Soccer team, the MLS. Uh, do not look at the standings of the MLS right now. You don't need to. Just don't worry about it. But I uh, mean,
3: you should. You should look at the fourth-place standing in the uh, Western Conference
0: hmm. and find Arcadio and I's San Jose Earthquakes.
2: Let's go, Quakes, baby
0: good for you good for you yep yep all right i think we're gonna get out here folks thank you for listening to us yeah these boys have a uh, warriors lakers game to go watch and we have been going for way too long so we're gonna whole lakers yeah i'm not gonna root for any team officially on the air because i don't want either of those teams to be happy but uh yeah we'll see what happens with the warriors and the lakers and we'll see what happens with the league we'll be back soon enough to talk to you about the nfl but until then goodbye folks